0: All right. Good morning, listeners, and uh, welcome to this week's News from the Drug War Front. My name is Geoff, and I'm very pleased to see my co-host, <laughs> Marion. Good morning, yes. Good
1: morning, everybody. I am here, contrary to popular opinion, and always intended to be here. Good morning, Geoffrey. Good morning, listeners. It's a nice day outside, but it's a better day for being inside, having a cup of coffee and listening to two 2XX just for an hour and a half, so you know what's going on, because there is a bit going on right at the moment. Um, there is And indeed. we'd like to let you know what's happening because that's what Karma's about and that's what the radio show is about, yep. letting you know what's happening currently as regards harm reduction programs, Karma's role in harm reduction uh, organisation, if you like, and their input because Karma is involved in input to just about every program related to drug use. In fact, it is involved in every... Organis- every, every aspect, every aspect of, yeah. of organisational alcohol and drug services. So we are no longer exclusively harm reduction for drug users or opiate users. We're involved in everything. Much broader. And that's a lot yeah. to do with our current executive officer yeah. who has worked very hard to... Um, Make friends and network and become a part of the, and I guess a lot to do with our funding too, but also make sure that we know so that we can tell you what's going on in Canberra as far as harm reduction is concerned and the CAN test and, you know, what Karma does and what every other organisation does because that's what. Um, news from the drug war front is about telling you what's going
0: on, and we always like to present some positive news if we can. Um, you mentioned Cantus, Marion. There's a, a story that um, came out before the Spilt Milk uh, Music Festival. It was yeah. held on the weekend. That's um, right. Evidently, they extended the uh, hours on the uh, Thursday and Friday, but not on the days of the festival. And even with that they still got 75 samples. Yes, you
1: know? which is quite a large number, incredibly large number really, isn't it? That
0: was close to the number in a month, one yes. of the months. So yep. um, it's quite extraordinary. It's just
1: a shame that they weren't available during the festival itself.
0: Well, I think that's where it's got to go.
1: Yeah, um, well, and I think that that's what they need to – I think they're aiming for that, Jeff. don't you? I mean, the whole intention is actually to get um, – can test or drug testing normalised to the point where um, the results that it brings out is useful and can be used as uh, evidence for evidence based treatment programs, and that the government is always asking for evidence yeah, based, and well. that's what drug testing does provides the evidence,
0: real evidence, yeah.
1: and, and it's real evidence, and it stops us. From dying stops drug users from dying, and we don't want particularly. I mean, I'm sixty nine, okay. Maybe I've had my dash, but I don't like the idea of fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year being old being put at risk by being like market, put at yeah. risk and having the most atrocious things put into their bodies. Yeah, um, because they have no idea of what's in them, and can gives us the opportunity or gives them the opportunity to find out what is in the drugs exactly. that they're taking, and people, purportedly taking.
0: People want to have a good time with their friends, not end up they in an ambulance do, they or, don't, or worse.
1: They, they certainly don't. And in fact, it's a real problem if they uh, do get up, get ill, because they're very reluctant to either approach the police or ring an ambulance no, because of the involvement of the police, potential yeah. involvement of the police and people under 6 under 18 in particular have a huge problem with being accepted for treatment we know that already so to can't just say don't use drugs no. to an under 18 year old no. and expect them they're going to they're going to take notice of that you have to give them the opportunity to bring in their the drugs that they think they're taking have them tested and make use an them or not, without, yeah. yeah, and make informed decisions without judging them and without saying, "No, you can't get it tested because you're not 16 or you're not 18." Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's been a major problem for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, and I think can test is one of the most exciting developments we've had for a while. Very
1: exciting, and if we can get it going further, if we can get more um, coverage, particularly over summer during the festival season, um, that would be very exciting and it would be really useful to know that all our young people that were going to festivals were actually taking drugs and they knew what they were taking.
0: Well, hopefully after this six-month period, you know, the, the trial period, period yeah, the yeah. um, the evidence will be so clear that the extension of provision of can well, test the services...
1: I- the idea that 75 you know, samples were tested for the in the two days before, before. the Spilt Milk
0: Festival yep. is,
1: in itself is evidence Says that's that a, needed, lot. yeah? Yep.
0: Okay, so they're the sort of stories that um, we try to cover each week and hopefully uh, they're relevant to the drug users from Australia and around the world. And we also aim to promote discussion and education about the need for different approaches to dealing with the harms caused by problematic drug use. Uh, in a world of prohibition and most of the harms um, can be linked to the uh, placement of so many illicit drugs within the uh, UN Convention. Criminal justice. Criminal justice system, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Karma um, provides a lot of services and we tell you that every week but just briefly I want to give you a quick rundown. There's a drop-in centre which is open between 10 and 4, Monday to Friday at... uh, Oh dear, dear, that was really silly, Mary, when you didn't have the address right. 54 Benjamin Way. 54 Benjamin Way. (laughs) 62536463643 is the telephone number. Um, So there's a drop in centre where you can go and see a worker or talk to somebody over the phone. Um, You can do the naloxone training program and get take home naloxone. So you can do reverse opioid overdose. And given that um, naloxone does nothing but reverse opioid overdose, having a nixoid spray or naloxone in your purse all the time or in your pocket all the time um, means that if you see somebody collapse or not wake up, Because they're sleeping rough. And I know recently somebody died on the street because people thought he was asleep. Oh, dear. And he was lying there for three hours after sunrise. Nobody took any notice of him because they thought that he was just sleeping. And so they didn't shake him to say, are you okay, mate? Mm. And, in fact, he was dead for three hours. And that is just horrible. Yeah. It's not that people don't care. It's that people tend to not feel comfortable about interrupting people's sleep. Mm. Well, if you give somebody um, naloxone uh, and they are if uh, they've overdosed on opioids, it will reverse the effect Indeed. Of them, Depending upon how you Have you got the date of, that, of the next
0: workshop there, Yes.
1: Well, it's the first uh, Tuesday in every month, so that would be next Tuesday. Yeah,
0: December 6th yeah? at the Early Morning Centre. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, two days before my birthday, too. Oh, oh, cool. In May, I'm going 7-0? to be 70, mate. That, that's well, that's a big one. big one, one. yeah. I remember the days when I used to put my age up a year. So I got used to the fact I'm not doing that anymore. I'm telling you that right now. Anyway, we do peer education. You should know that. We do peer treatment, support, referral, advocacy and case management. And we do lots of projects and do deal directly with people. There's a, a really interesting program that's going on um, at the moment that uh,
0: Monica is involved in, and that's for uh, who is our connections worker. She's actually um, been invited to present to the Relations study Seminar Series on December the 1st that's at 8pm. That's
1: wonderful. I'm it, very pleased to hear it.
0: It's a UK government study on families and opioid use and how services can best work for them. Um, and they're delighted. The relation studies delighted to host Monica for a seminar, which showcases and reflects on her work uh, with a peer-based support group for mothers who use drug.
1: That's you know, fabulous. I'm Jude so Byrne pleased. The, the Memorial Project, yeah. yeah. The Womb's Group, which was yeah. She'd
0: be really proud um, to have something she that important. Would
1: love to know that. And look, you know, Jude did so many things in her life using in, of the, not just of drug using, but of drug use, being involved in active in the way that it was in yep. its pre initial, initial incarnation, mm-hmm. um, really innovative projects that would never have been thought of in any other time and was unfortunately undermined um, by an evaluation by a oh, uh, notoriously hostile... Um management,
0: oh, that's a shame.
1: It was very not just a shame, it was criminal, Jeffrey, um, and really should not have happened. But Monica, who currently works as the uh, Aboriginal peer support worker at Karma and the connection, and I've been working, oh, I've been working there for the past five years, before this Monica worked in mental health and as a family support worker. She's currently studying the Bachelor of Social Work specialising in Australian Indigenous Welfare at Charles Sturt University. She also holds an Advanced Diploma in Community Welfare and a Certificate IV in Mental Health. She's She's very passionate about working with families, especially families with children with disabilities and families involved in the care and protection system. Which is a bit of a misnomer, care and protection system, as we well know. But Monica works to uh, recruit people to managing and provide that a safe system. space yep. for people to. Indeed. So please note that the event will be recorded. If you don't wish to be featured on the recording, turn off your camera and ensure your full name is not displayed. Um, About the ESRC Relations Studies Seminar Series 2022, these seminars aim to provide a safe and non-judgmental space, bringing together parents, practitioners, policymakers and researchers to share insights and knowledge topics covered are igno- are inspired by are ignored are inspired by our ongoing research project about drug use and family life.
0: It's such an important issue. Gen- oh, gender, it is, I mean, it is. we have and said women that,
1: and the loss of their children, or otherwise, or retrieving their children I from mean, care. If that's
0: not traumatic, it what is
1: so traumatic. You cannot reconstitute a family once you've pulled it apart. It will not be the same again. Yeah. The whole idea of care and protection should be about preventing the breakdown yep. of the family, making sure the family stays together in a healthy environment. Um, and that often has less to do with the woman or the mother uh, and more to do with care and protective services. And a lot and of their, attitudes And the response to, um, excuse me, anonymous complaints. Yeah,
0: and and the fact that... There's often an, an assumption that um, a drug-using a drug-using
1: parent he's is not a good parent, not a
0: good parent, absolutely. And,
1: and women are more, more often likely to be the, the targets of that yeah. not men
0: yeah men no, that, are
1: not seen as primary carers and that's not always the case um but nonetheless it is the women that bear the brunt it's
0: a really crucial issue oh yes so and congrats uh, to monica yeah for,
1: good on you monica for that um, and good on you for getting getting being involved in that
0: um, uk government coming seminar. and being yeah, invited yeah. to that's that awesome. that's fabulous all right, just uh, uh, news from the drug war front, Report um, reports on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users uh, from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured uh, are from other sources, including mainstream media. Uh, the contents of this broadcast not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Karma and the Connection, Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and we do not promote illegal activity. However, we do recognise that drug use happens and it will continue to happen regardless of laws and United Nations conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. Karma seeks to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person centred holistic healthcare. Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people. And that seems a quite reasonable proposition.
1: And before we go maybe to our first song, Jeffrey, I might just mention, and it's really important that people know this, our members in particular, and if you aren't a member of Karma but you listen to this show, become a member Hmm. of Karma. It's easy to do, costs nothing, and you simply get nominated by someone who's already a member. That's easy. Any of the staff at Karma will do that. Um, If you're interested in the issues that Karma covers, become a member. Tomorrow, um, between 12 and 2, that's the 30th of November, Wednesday the 30th of November, is... uh, our uh, annual general meeting. Now, the important thing about tomorrow's AGM is that we also elect office bearers. This happens only every two years. So this year we need, I think there are some three offices that need to be filled Mm -hmm. that people are not standing for. So we need people to come along, become involved, be a part of Karma, be a part of Karma's creative connection yeah, put your, your with drug use Point of view. In, put your yeah. point of view forward yeah. and and possibly be on the board if
0: you want to be. So yeah? where's the AGM again, Mary? Havelock House?
1: It's at Havelock House and it starts at 12. That's the lunch. And we have lunch between 12 and 1 at 1 o'clock, the AGM proper the starts business. proper. Yeah. And then uh, we go from the formal meeting, which is the welcome, the welcome to country, attendance and apologies, presentation of the reports um, and that including the president, the um, CEO's report, the auditor's report, all the financial statements yep. and the appointment of auditors for the next financial year, um, the nomination and or of board of directors, members yep. um, and then any other business under close. So it'll be reasonably quick. And you'll be fed. So yeah, and the food's You can keep on eating all the way through good. if you like.
0: So please do come along. All right, um, our first song, I've picked uh, Spider Bait's um, version of uh, Black Betty. Ah. A great version of Black Betty. That's was it, either? Spider debate, Okay, we've got uh, the story we mentioned about the um, preparations for Spilt Milk that was held on uh, this weekend that's just passed. And this piece is from the Daily Telegraph, November the 25th. Spilt Milk will rock Canberra on the weekend with a lineup including local and international artists. Okay. Um, festival goers are set to rock Canberra as the city gears up to spilt milk. For the first time, the sold out festival, festival will be held at Exhibition Park in Canberra rather than Commonwealth Park. Leading up to the festival, Canberra's permanent pill testing uh, facility, CAN Test, has been working overtime to help make attendees make informed decisions about taking drugs.
1: Mm.
0: To say we're stoked is
1: an understatement. Blake Bashfield said he and his bandmates picked the worst time to start a band when they formed Canberra-based indie rock quartet Sesame Girl in late 2019. Yet the drummer says being booked to play Spilt Milk, their first ever festival guild, was a, quote, light at the end of the tunnel. To say we're stoked is a bit of an understatement, he said. Through COVID-19... We did what we could. We manifested it and we tried to stay positive. The fact that we are in this position now is pretty crazy. We're over the moon. Mr Bashfield said, despite their bad timing, the members of Sesame Girl banded together during the pandemic. We took some time to record an EP and release songs during COVID-19, which honestly probably helped a bit because I think a lot more people were sitting at home and listening to music. Mr Bashfield said it felt ironic to be booked to play at EPIC, a venue which previously housed one of Canberra's largest testing facility sites. For COVID, um, yeah,
0: COVID. that's what people are driving. COVID
1: yeah. sites, yeah. And um, it feels quote, It feels like yesterday I was at EPIC getting a COVID test and I've just blinked and now I'm playing a, a, fest- a huge festival there. And it's such an awesome venue. I think they picked a perfect spot.
0: Yeah, look, I was speaking to a colleague who said it's um, shameful that there aren't um, facilities to play decent-sized concerts yes, and, and gigs. You absolutely. Know, we're really lacking yep. in infrastructure. And
1: we know that that's what's required yeah. and is necessary. And the pilot testing of Cantes I think, is going to indicate that. Yep. But just judging by the, um, the numbers that uh, came in to get their
0: drugs tested before, before the
1: festival, the festival yep. is an indicator of how much it's needed
0: during the festival. All right. The next heading is uh, the ACT expands pill testing ahead of the spilt milk festival. In the two days leading up to the festival, can tests run by Karma and Directions Health Services remained open for extended hours in anticipation of spilt milk. However, can tests will not be open during the festival. Karma Executive Director Chris Goff said pill testers had seen an uptick of festival goers checking pills spe- specifically, and he's quoted as saying 32 samples were analysed on Thursday and we'll see how we go tonight. We're expected to be busy, he said. Mr Goff said several samples tested on Thursday came back for dimethyl pentalone, a stimulant drug in the cathinone drug family, and he said the drug was a potential concern dimethyl dimethylpentalone and other cathinones have been marketed as MDMA, uh, ecstasy, but have also turned up in cocaine, he said. Cathinones are stimulants but don't have the same euphoric effects as MDMA. They can cause increased heartbeat, body temperature, anxiety and headaches, end quote. Spilt milk has banned the use of drugs at the festival and the ACT government and organisations, including CARMO, have discouraged drug use. But for those who choose to take drugs still... Mr Goff had this advice to minimise harm. Quote, Make sure you stay hydrated and make sure you are with trusted friends who know what you've taken and can look after you. Try and find an environment which is quiet and relaxing. If someone suspects their pills include dimethylpentalone, Mr Goff has this advice. Stay cool as dimethyl pentalone can increase body temperature. Start with a small amount and go slowly. Cathinones often make people feel like they need to redose, and this can lead to overdose.
1: Mm. And
0: seek medical help if negative effects continue.
1: Indeed, Mr. Goff also said uh, Karma understood there would be no sniffer dogs at the event, and warned festival goers against taking all their drugs at once to avoid detection, as this could result in an overdose. While he supports the expanded pest pill testing times, Mr Goff said in future years he'd like to see a Dancewise service in the ACT. Dancewise is a service that's run at festivals by peers and provides harm reduction information as well as a chill-out space for people who are having a bad reaction to drugs they have taken or simply want to know more about more information about drugs, he said. Dancewise would be an excellent addition to our ACT services and would work hand-in-hand hand with test to reduce harm test, uh, harms associated with drug use at festivals. Mr Bashfield said he supported the increased drug testing measures. Quote, I think it's awesome we're, settling, we're setting this precedent, he said. We're accepting the fact that people are doing these drugs and there's nothing you can do to stop that. For those people who are doing these drugs, let's try and make it safer for them. Here, here, no, Indeed. That's, I that's, think very sensible. It's
0: very sensible, yep. and um, let's hope that it just gets bigger and bigger as time passes and, and
1: makes more sense. there will be more more festivals over the summer, and it just we just need to make. Uh, Make use of the information that we already have and the the attitude that people already carry with them and keep testing pills, keep testing drugs and finding out what really is there and take note of what your friends your friend's reaction to the drugs that they take. If you haven't been able to get your drugs tested before you go to a festival or if there has been no way of getting drugs tested um, because you only got the the pills or whatever at the festival, despite the fact that people are encouraged not to take the drugs at the festival um, or take a whole bunch of them all at once. Yeah, don't go crazy. Um It's just important that you make sure that you are monitored, particularly with a lot of the so-called hallucinogenics. If you think that you are having a bad trip, you possibly up. Somebody needs to be with you, holding your hand and saying, no, it's okay, that's not happening. This is reality. This is what's really happening. I'm with you. You'll be safe. It's okay. Very
0: important. Yeah. No, congrats to um, everyone involved uh, with CanTest and the fact that they did 75 samples um, before the festival speaks volumes about how important it is and how uh, word of mouth spreads. um, The service will become more and more important and I think um, that will necessitate an expansion of um, hours of service and, um, yeah, just use that evidence to inform policy.
1: And Well,
0: yeah, we keep saying evidence-based policy. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: and when, but we have to put them together. Yes, (laughs) we have to put the evidence and the policy together.
0: Yeah. Well, the good thing about this is it's incontrovertible evidence. It's not just anecdotal stories or surveys that people fill out and try and remember what it was they took or was it you know good or not good or whatever. This is accurate, precise information about purity contaminants adulterants that's right um, and
1: what and hopefully what can happen to you if you're not taking the drug you think you're
0: taking yeah and harm reduction messages are given okay yeah we're coming up to the 11, 11 o'clock um community radio federation news at 11 o'clock we'll see you after we, we the shall news. Re- we shall return after the news as marianne said so um yep yeah, here comes the news all right, uh, welcome back to this week's News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, and it's four minutes after 11. Uh, the other just quick local story was um, not such a positive one, um, comes from ABC News, November the 25th, three Canberrans among six people arrested by New South Wales police in a drug bust. Six people, including three Canberrans, are facing drug charges after their alleged supply operation was intercepted by New South Wales Police. Uh, Police said they arrested four men uh, in Sydney last Thursday and seized 5,000 MDMA pills, 280 grams of cocaine and 185,000 cash. Those charged included a 23-year-old and a 26-year-old from Watson in Canberra um police said the total estimated street value of the nvma and cocaine seized throughout the investigation was more than seven hundred and fifty thousand, and a total of 1.1 kilograms of cocaine was seized searches were also conducted in watson and also in queanbeyan and it goes on to yeah all the things they've um, seized including uh, drug manufacturing equipment storage devices mobile phones all, all six of those arrested face multiple charges, including supplying prohibited drug, taking part in supplying prohibited drug, knowingly directing activities of a criminal group, and dealing with the proceeds of crime. So, fairly extensive. I thought we'd do um, this next story, uh, Marion, from Radio National, um, ABC. There's an overdose crisis happening in Australia. Oh, yeah. Is drug decriminalisation the answer? <laughs> Interesting. That's not really a rhetorical question, is it, Geoffrey? It's by Sam Nichols, uh, ABC Radio National, November the 25th. Uh, In October, the ACT announced that it had passed legislation decriminalising the possession of illicit drugs. It's the first jurisdiction in Australia to do so. And the Health Minister, Rachel Stephen-Smith, has quoted saying the ACT has led the nation with a progressive approach to reducing the harms caused by illicit drugs with a focus on diversion, access to treatment and rehabilitation and reducing the stigma attached to drug use. Under the changes which uh, come into effect in October 2023, the possession of, quote, small amounts of drugs like heroin, NDMA or cocaine in the ACT will be treated as a health issue rather than a criminal matter and will result in a caution, a fine or a health intervention. And uh, Rachel Stephen-Smith says this sensible reform is based on the expert advice that a health-focused harm reduction approach delivers the best outcome for people using drugs. And it says drug-related arrests have soared in recent years. Uh, the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare found there were a record 166,321 drug-related arrests nationally in 2019-2020, uh, an increase of 96% in the last decade. Yet at the same time, Australia has seen a significant increase in the number of fatal drug overdoses. Earlier this year, the not-for-profit Drug and Alcohol Research Centre, the Pennington Institute, said the number of deaths in 2020 could exceed 2,440 once all the, the data had been collected. In 2014, that figure was 2,043. So not a huge increase, mm. Um But anyway, an increase nonetheless. Uh, Data from the Institute also showed that 2020 was the 10th year in a row where there were more than 2,000 fatal overdoses in Australia. So while advocates say decriminalisation will reduce harm to drug users, can it help to reduce the number of fatal overdoses? And Mm. is decriminalisation indeed the best outcome for drug users?
1: I wonder if those two years were the two years that uh, were covered by COVID. And the lockdown and COVID, and that's why there were so many arrests, because the people that were going out to school were the people who were actually needed Breaking to school. Curfews because curfews. Yeah, and, because they needed to. Anyway, we can't answer that question because we don't have the data for it. How will decriminalisation help is the next uh, heading. In August, Professor Mark Stuvo from Victoria's Burnett Institute said that reforming drug laws, including decriminalisation, would help reduce fatal overdoses. In a statement, he said, quote, The criminalisation of drug use generates and perpetuates the overdose crisis through stigma and fear. Evidence suggests that people who avoid a criminal record have improved social education Educational and employment outcomes. People who fear arrest, incarceration, stigma, and discrimination are also less likely to access health and harm reduction services. Other advocates agree, saying decriminalisation will remove barriers for those who need help for drug related health issues. Quote, the new laws will make a huge difference to people who use drugs in the ACT. It means that people who casually use drugs won't have a criminal conviction as a possibility. Emma Maiden, the General Manager of Advocacy and External Relations in Uniting told ABC are in breakfast. But, quote, but hopefully what it will mean, will also mean, is that people who use drugs and perhaps have more of a drug dependency issue are more likely to be less isolated, have less stigma and are more likely to reach out for help and support. The criminalisation of drug use, Maiden says, creates unintended harms for affected drug users, limiting their ability to maintain a normal life. She added that this impact was worse for those who are drug dependent. Quote, so for those people who, in fact, the fact that it's criminal, it really isolates them. It means they don't have conversations with doctors, with their loved ones, with people who are in their lives about their drug use. This isolation could also be a factor in drug-related deaths. Research has suggested that the stigma related to drug use may uh,
0: may increase overdose risk. I'd say there's no may about it. it yeah, does. I don't think there's it's,
1: any may ab- about it. It definitely
0: yes. does have an, an impact. Then
1: yeah. people are often very frightened just to ring triple O to ask for advice from the ambulance about an overdose
0: issue. Yes. Well, that's happened many times over Indeed. the years.
1: Yeah. Um. Hmm. This isolation could also be... Uh, we've done that. Uh, research suggests that the stigma-related drug use may reduce overdose risks. A 2016 study found that one barrier to opioid overdose prevention programs was the stigma attached to drug use. Maiden said it took approximately, quote, 19 years for someone who uses drugs to reach out for support. Wow. So we see... We, what we see overseas and other jurisdictions is when we remove the criminal penalty we create more connections and make it more likely that people will
0: reach out for help seems pretty obvious but does doesn't it uh the next subheading is no silver bullet however not everyone agrees that there is a link between decriminalization and a reduction in drug overdoses dr john ryan ceo of pennington institute is one of them he said there's no simple remedy From the Pennington Institute's perspective, there is no silver bullet solution to the overdose problem. That's why we want a National Overdose Prevention Strategy, also known as bringing the various threads of activity that need to be taken together, he said, one of which is improving community understanding and education around overdose, the signs of overdose and how to respond in an emergency. Well, we've been doing this for years. He pointed to other measures such as greater access to naloxone, the medicine that uh, reverses opioid overdoses, as well as the introduction of, quote, safe supply, a harm reduction initiative that has developed momentum in places like Canada. Well, I certainly agree with him on that um, yeah. issue. And we've spoken about safe, safe supply many times. In recent years, academics have flagged that a safer supply of opioids could address the number of fatal overdoses in North America, of which there have been... Tens of thousands. Absolutely. Dr. Ryan put the rise of overdoses in Australia down to a lack of action. I think the biggest factor is we're not paying appropriate attention to it. In a nutshell, if you don't actually attend to the problem, it's only going to get worse. And I think what we're seeing is a failure to actually address the underlying issues in relation to overdose, and therefore the toll just continues to rise.
1: Underlying causes is the next heading. Other academics also doubt that decriminalisation would reduce fatal overdoses. Quote, I don't think we have enough evidence to comment on how good, quote, decriminalisation is. Other than uh, big naturalistic studies that have happened in countries that have decriminalised drugs, like Portugal, Dr Jonathan Brett, a specialist in clinical psychology, toxicology and addiction medicine at Sydney's St Vincent Hospital said... Portugal introduced decriminalization in 2001 their version of it anyway a report uh, and reportedly saw its fatal overdose rate drop from 369 in 1999 to 27 in 2016 wow like Dr Ryan Dr Brett pointed out pointed to a more action-based approach as a means to reducing fatal overdoses, including greater focus on naloxone availability and the consideration of polydrug use or the use of more than one substance. He added that the most effective measure to reduce overdoses would be to better understand the reasons why people are using drugs. Researchers pointed to a relationship between environment and drug use, as well as drug-related harms. For example, University of Chicago economist Casey Mulligan pushed a working paper, uh, published a working paper, pushed, published a working paper (laughs) in December 2020 that suggested the isolation of the pandemic may have led to a rise in fatal overdoses. Mm. This echoed a similar claim made by the US Centre for Disease Control that same month. And in 2018, The Lancet published a study that found those leaving prison with a mental illness and a substance use disorder were four times more likely to experience harm compared to those with neither. Quote, So I think that addressing these big things is the elephant in the room, but that's not necessarily low-hanging fruit. Dr Brett said. Well, there has to be a holistic approach. It's not just... It can't be considered just one thing. No. Yeah. No. It's
0: never going to be just one thing. No. And there's a lot to overcome, decades of stigma and discrimination, um, negative uh, mainstream media reporting of the whole issue. Um,
1: well, if you only have to talk to one or two people who come out of prison and find out what the, their priorities post
0: um, Incarceration.
1: Post-incarceration are. And they're, one of the leading things is to have a shot. Yeah. To, first of all, have some drugs, then have some sex, and then have some more drugs.
0: And there's not exactly a plethora of um, harm reduction, education and training there's, in most of the area. In
1: fact, there's none in jail. It's
0: great. Well, that's appalling.
1: And no needle exchange. So, well, you know, yeah. some real problems yeah, the with the jail. Tried, you yeah, government tried, Yeah, but... Tried very hard yeah. but got uh, beaten down by the unions All
0: unfortunately. Right. You picked this story, we're playing Australian music because it's uh, AMRAP week, um, and you've picked Hunters and Collectors, Throw Your Arms Around Me. Is that the one yeah, you Yeah, that's there? the one
1: I wanted. I yeah. love that one. It's
0: a well loved song. Mm-hmm. and collectors that is a much loved story oh, throw I your arms love around Love that
1: song i love that song really do
0: yeah me too uh before we go on to uh, i think a fairly humorous story about an aussie gardener being raided by the drug squad um after accidentally grown opium poppies i just got some announcements um uh, just to reiter- reiterate the next naloxone training is tuesday december the 6th uh at the early morning center if you're interested or want uh, to enroll Call Dave or Damo on 6253 three. yep. um, Evidently, the Bush Healing Farm is now accepting um, clients on OST but only on depot buprenorphine
1: Is that right?
0: Evidently. Uh, Karma will be closed all day Wednesday. Um, because For
1: the an- annual general meeting? Annual general
0: meeting, which yep. starts, uh, as Marion said, at 12pm, the lunch at Havelock House. Uh, Friday afternoon from 12pm, the Karma office will be closed for uh, team building of staff, uh, staff exercise. Uh, so there'll be no barbecue at Veterans Park and also no um, hep C testing on Friday, but there will be um, point of care hep C testing back on Monday. Oh,
1: yeah, and there'll uh, still be the uh, Thursday clinic will
0: still be available, yeah. Thursday clinic will still be available, um, I think that's the main thing. So, yeah, karma's closed tomorrow because of the AGM Friday afternoon because of team building. All right, we'll go to the story uh, from uh, Daily Mail Australia by Pete, Peter Vincent. Australian gardener, or Aussie gardener, is raided by the police drug squad after she accidentally grew opium poppies for the wedding season, November 25. A flower-farming mum has been raided by a government drug squad. Who destroyed crops of prohibited poppies that she unwittingly grew for weddings? Kate Dixon, who runs Clifton Blooms near Hobart, received a call from the Tasmanian government when she proudly posted photos of her growing crops on her social media page. Authorities immediately suspected that some might be restricted poppies that, in the wrong hands, can be used to produce drugs like heroin and morphine. <laughs> After officers came to test Ms. Dixon's flowers, among them were confirmed to be prohibited Persian poppies and opium poppies, also known as Papava somniferum. Both varieties are heavily restricted and grown to produce morphine, thebane, and codeine for use in prescription only painkillers and sold on to big pharmacy um, companies. Okay. Miss Dixon, the mum to a young toddler who moved to Tasmania with her husband, had bought the pink seeds. Um, had mm-hmm. thought the pink seeds she bought from a registered um, Australian seed pli- supplier were okay. I was growing them purely for weddings. I had absolutely no idea that was a problem, said Ms Dixon, a commercial grower. She cooperated with authorities who removed 50 plants from her property. Ms Dixon claimed the poppies are, quote, a cottage garden favourite and very popular with Tasmanians. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I given the size of the cash crop that yeah. uh, is grown under licence. Quote, but it's a very, very tightly restricted crop, and yeah, in the wrong hands with the wrong intention, that'd be really dangerous. Tasmania has an estimated 25% of the world's opium and codeine production from its poppy farming. Um, That's legitimate, poppy
1: farming. Under licence.
0: That's been been under licence from the United Nations. I saw a huge field of like 50 acres um, years ago when I went down for a holiday with a public service friend and... I was looking at these flowers, you know, bending in the wind, and thinking I thought, how
1: pretty they how were. Pretty? They? I thought, like, they, they, they yeah. couldn't be,
0: could it? And so,
1: yeah. I, I <laughs> and asked, they were. They were. They yeah. Were. Persian poppies or Papaver bract- uh, bractatum are grown to produce thebone, which is commercially converted to codeine and several anti-synthetic or semi-synthetic opiates. Those included hydrocodone. Those included include hydrocodone, hydromorphone, oxycodone, and oxymorphone. Opium poppies are grown for poppy seeds, but also for the opium contained within. Miss Dixon also grows ornamental pot pop, poppies. Potties. That contain no restricted substances. It was also revealed that Tasmanian wildlife have taken an interest in the state's huge poppy fields. An Australian tour guide claims that wallabies and sheep are deliberately getting high by raiding opium poppies, <laughs> then stomping bizarre crop circles circles and falling asleep in farmers' fields. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> just so funny. Stomping circles <laughs> and then collapsing and having a nice sleep. Yeah.
0: I had fun riding this. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Outdoor educator Sid Hewison claims the crop circles in Tasmania's fa- farmers' poppy fields were sometimes caused by wild wallabies eating the bulbs. The spokesperson from the uh, Tasmania's Department of Natural Resources and Environment confirmed 50 plants were removed from the property in question and were of pro- a prohibited species. The department appreciates the assistance of the property owner, the spokesperson said. Where prohibited poppies have been found in a garden setting, in the first instance, our preferred approach is generally education, awareness and to engage with the owners. Daily Mail Australia approached Miss Dixon. The comment. What a classic! And apparently didn't get one. Anyway, <laughs> it is interesting. Dense. She was probably told not to say anything to anyone about it. Look, it's but a, ca- it is it's a classic. common story.
0: It's a common story.
1: Well, the the strange thing is that it's isolated to Tasmania because Tasmania is an got, island of Australia. Yeah. It's got the licence. The reason it's got the licence is because it promised it didn't have any junkies, right? Now, that's one of the reasons oh, okay. why we had a huge problem setting up a needle exchange and setting up a peer education in users Tasmania. group in Tasmania. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Because we had promised the United Nations we didn't have any users there. Oh, okay. Now, the Tasmanian government maintained that all people who wanted to be heroin addicts had, had moved, moved to, the main to Victoria. <laughs>
0: That'd be right.
1: So it was, you know, I mean, the ludicrous, the BS that yeah. came out of the Tasmanian government at the time and the research that had been done by the woman who was working at the time for the Tasmanian government to interview uh, injecting drug users or heroin users, um, and she got to about a 1,000 people, was um, buried Wow. She wasn't allowed to take it with her she wasn't allowed to produce it and she wasn't zero. allowed to make it public wow so it was buried right down deep so that nobody would know that what was actually going on in Tasmania that in itself,
0: I think, speaks volumes. Yeah. The same thing happened in Dunedin in uh, South Island, New Zealand. Every year the police would put out a media release that the poppies are not the, quote, drug poppies. Yeah. Um, and, of course, people in the know just laughed and yeah. collected them as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, it's pretty silly, isn't it? Look, it I might, is. I might play another song. This is a remastered version of... Um, uh, one from the past, Madder Lake, and twelve pound toothbrush, Matter Lake. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: from my heart. Na 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 na. na, na.
0: Well, I'll date myself and say that I actually saw Madalake uh, live back in the 70s. Did
1: you indeed?
0: It's uh, uh, the remastered version of 12-pound toothbrush, which was um, quite a bit of a success for them back in the day. This is from the Boogie, Australian Blues, R&B and Heavy Rock from the 1970s CD. And
1: you, everybody knows it's APRA Music Week, don't they, this week? That's why we're playing All Australian
0: songs. Yep. We've got an um, international story, which I think sort of sums up the uh, attitude in the U.S. It's uh, from news November the 25th. U.S. Border Protection works to keep fentanyl, quote, out of the wrong hands as yeah. its overdoses on the rise. Over 180,000 overdose were reported in 2021, according to the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention. You were
1: talking about tens of thousands, Geoffrey, and it's hundreds
0: of thousands, really, over the last 10 years, yeah? It's a huge number. (laughs) Although fentanyl has become a leading uh, drug-causing overdose, it is a legal pharmaceutical drug. It's a synthetic opioid for severe pain, 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine, according to the CDC. Although fentanyl has become a leading drug for overdoses, it is a legal pharmaceutical drug. It's, that's um, oh, repeated, the US uh, Customs and Border Protection is letting the public know how they work to stop this dangerous drug from getting into the hands of dealers and users. Mm. According to the CDC... The Who num- are
1: the wrong people,
0: I might add. That's what's considered the wrong the situation. people. situation. Yeah. <laughs> According to the CDC, the number of overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids in 2020 was more than 18 times the number only five years, uh, seven years earlier in 2013 and more than 56,000 people died from overdoses involving synthetic opioids in 2020. Fentanyl is manufactured and shipped any and every, everywhere, despite task forces, tougher criminal laws and prevention and awareness efforts. People are still dying at an alarming rate from drug overdoses linked to fentanyl. David Flutie um, from the, the Board of Customs and Border Protection said the drug is being packaged in um, uh, multiple ways. Quote, early on, we were seeing powdered fentanyl coming across the border. What we're seeing now is an explosion of a different variety of pills. If you went to our laboratory, you'd see blue pills, orange pills, pink pills. Largely, I think this is a marketing effort from the cartels being able to identify their specific product on the streets. In 2020, 13,000 pounds of fentanyl was seized, mainly at the southwest border, Flutie also fears this drug is getting into the hands of children and teenagers. Oh, now we get to the wrong people.
1: Quote: I fear uh, one of the th- uh, one of the things I fear is able being uh, is being able to introduce this into high schools, for example. Having this be more of a recreational drug, having this be more of a recreational drug, one could be the death of you, your friend, or your family member just given the potency of the narcotic. Uh, and the interesting thing about this, Jeffrey, if, is that it's gone from being um, 50 to 100 times stronger. <laughs> Remember it started yep. off it was a 1,000 times stronger than heroin? Yeah. And now it's down to 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. It sort of becomes
0: meaningless after uh, a while.
1: But they, if they keep on putting out rubbish like this, people will cease to believe them, if we ever did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fentanyl is getting into. If you look at fentanyl and compare that with traditional heroin, fentanyl can be 50 times more potent than heroin. There we go. Another another meaningless um, comparison. Fentanyl is getting into the country in unimaginable ways. Oftentimes, people attach the drug to themselves for a financial reward if they successfully smuggle it into the country. "'We've seen a uh, a majority of fentanyl seizures "'and encounters at our ports of entries "'secreted through packages, within vehicles, on persons, "'strapped to bodies and torsos and legs of individuals crossing, "'smuggled as a fake prescription pill for some way or another,' "'for some way or some other,' said Sydney Akai with the CBP." To stop the transport of the drug in its tracks, CBP has to be proactive and focused on identifying these encounters through partnerships and information sharing with the government of Mexico and other international partners.
0: Stop the drug in its tracks. I mean, are they serious? No. It's just rhetoric.
1: It's just going to come another way. They just... it's you you raise the bar and people just jump higher or they go under it, Jeffrey, you know just find another way to follow it through. It's
0: systemic failure.
1: That's right. Despite all the warnings of this deadly drug, people are still using it. Strange. Guarding the board why do you think they're using it, people? Probably because they enjoy it. Well, and and a they lot don't people- realise how dangerous it is because you've been giving them this false information or varying variations. Of false information over the years, so we really don't know what to believe. When you tell us what we shouldn't be taking,
0: well, a lot of the huge uptick in deaths in North America was because people didn't know that fentanyl had suddenly been introduced. It'd been into
1: introduced into the system. System, yeah, and it was no
0: longer a safe supply if, if it ever was.
1: Despite all the warnings of this deadly drug, people are still using. Guarding the border from one of its many steps. Is in an effort to stop fentanyl from getting into the wrong hands. Oh,
0: great. There's a couple of comments. Um, Bo says, fairly common knowledge that the US government has been enabling the illegal drug trade for decades. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's a good
0: point. And another person said, yep, too many jobs depend on in in capitals not winning Winning the the war war on on drugs. drugs. The war is just too lucrative. This won't change until we, the people, change that government. It has not worked for us for mm. decades.
1: Let's keep an eye on what's happening in Colombia and see what happens there. Hey? Yeah,
0: that would be very interesting.
1: Blessed and aware, one day ago, under this regime, the US loses more people in one year from swamp crimes and mal- malfeasance than all wars combined since Korea. Truth to power, too, one day ago... Blood on Joe Biden's hands and his party and they still refuse to even acknowledge there is a problem at the border. Blessed and aware, one day ago, the suppositories carried um, over probably make the most volume as asylum is for anyone, anytime, anywhere – Two thousand a week die from CCP cartel Rico trafficked fentanyl overdoses in the United States. As Joe screams about UK's border Ukraine. and um, Ukraine's border, and a war that uh, the war there that comes nowhere close to what the US suffers in casualty. Who doesn't see this as a purpose at this point? Melinda Dee, one day ago, currently China remains the primary source of fentanyl and fentanyl-related substances, trafficked through the international mail and express consignment. So most people seem to know where it's coming from and how it's getting
0: through, don't they? I seem to recall Trump being pretty upfront about the fact that fentanyl and similar, you know, um, high, um, powerful synthetic opioids were coming from China. And he asked them oh, they
1: were anything that slagged China He oh, was perfectly
0: yeah, yeah. happy to jump China on virus, top of, China virus, yeah. China But
1: he didn't ever say anything about it being addicted to uh, Diet Coke, did he? <laughs>
0: no, he didn't <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, might play uh, another quick song This is uh, one of the great Australian bands uh, Radio Birdman and New Race <laughs> Another great Australian band that I saw live on a couple of occasions, Radio Birdman and New Race. Okay, welcome back to uh, News from the Drug War Front with Jeff and Marion in uh, Studio One. We'll to-
1: show off you. I saw Hunters and Collectors too. No, 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 no. Well, they were seen <laughs> Actually, my, my niece took me to it. It was at the Canberra University and she wanted to go and see it and I was at Canberra Uni at the time so I made sure that we could get in. It was one of the great things about uni bars and universities and live music. Great kickstarters for um, bands, aren't they? Huge part of
0: my youth, yeah. Yeah. Look, I thought we'd do, we've reported a lot about when Duterte uh, was the president of the Philippines. Um, He's since been uh, replaced by uh, President Ferdinand Marcos's son, but... Anyway, or
1: Duterte eh, Mark II.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is a piece, he's uh, known as Bato be Bato rethinking his own bill allowing illegal drugs use. This is from the Manila Standard, November the 26th. Senator Ronald Bato, in quotes, De Rosa, who recently authored a bill that seeks to decriminalise the use of illegal drugs in the Philippines, said uh, last Friday he's now having second thoughts about pursuing the measure. While he clarified he's not withdrawing the Senate Bill No. 202, as it contains other meaningful proposals, De La Rosa said he's rethinking his stand after hearing the arguments during the Senate Committee on public order and dangerous drugs discussion this week. The former National Police Chief, who led uh, Rodrigo Duterte's administration's bloody war on illegal drugs, Cited the sharp opposition of law enforcement agencies to the bill. Gee, what a surprise. I
1: wonder why. I mean, yeah.
0: that, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah.
1: Gosh, what which, an attack on their financial, what an attack on that income, their at, income that would be. Well,
0: the status quo likes yeah. prohibition. Um, which he said filed, uh, he filed out a pity for those who were arrested and seen the outcome of having very congested jails. And I've seen photos of oh, their look, jails and yeah. people stand for a period and then. Then they swap. Spot, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's shocking. A staunch human rights group backed Senator De La Rosa's proposal. Quote, whilst this could be considered as a belated move, we fully welcome the proposed legislation to decriminalise illegal drugs use," said the Free Legal Assistance Group through its chairman, Jose Manuel uh, Diocno, in a social media post. Diocno stressed that, quote, drug addiction is a health problem. But according to experts, is addressed through rehabilitation and other humane means. But an anti-drugs advocacy group expressed its opposition to De Rosa's measure, warning of its possible dangers to the community. Quote, the bill is good for the ears, but it's actually foolishness, said uh, Lebang Pamela Yang Pilipino chairperson Jonathan Morales. Morales said psychologists or psychiatrists should take part in evaluating the proposed measure because they know, quote, the state of mind of drug users.
1: They should ask drug users maybe if they're still alive.
0: Well, yeah, and a lot of them are Good
1: think about that. Yeah. I mean, it was
0: really extrajudicial killings. And-
1: Have conducted 18,505 anti-narcotics operations resulting in the arrest of 22,000. 646 individuals engaged in drug dealing and other illegal been activities. they slacking on the job, Mary. They are slacking, aren't they? The agency will launch its new anti illegal drugs advocacy program, dubbed as Buhe uh, Ingartan, Drogya, oh, oh gosh, Ayawan or BIDA program nationwide in Cuzon City and in key areas areas of the country today the bida program is a nationwide illegal drugs advocacy program involving legal government units national government agencies and other key sectors of the society that will focus more on drug demand reduction and rehabilitation than the communities underscoring the role of drug enforcement agencies, including the Philippine National Police, Philippine Drug Enforcement Agency and the National Bureau of Investigation and others.
0: Well, anything that works to reduce the amount of um, just extrajudicial murder. Those murders,
1: yes. Anything is a change and possibly a good change. With any luck, at some stage or another, the uh, Filipinos will start listening to what's happening in the rest of the world rather than... uh, Because I watch the Filipino news on a regular basis because very often a lot of their um, news is in English. Okay. They speak quite a a sort of a pidgin Indonesian, if you like. Um, And it's... uh, It's just some of it is just so ludicrous. They don't report news, they report fun. Yeah. And if there isn't any fun, they don't even report what Duterte says because they have to cross out such a lot of, you know, they have to delete oh, such a lot of what he course, says yeah. because he swears Profanity that.
0: every second. Yeah. Word. yeah.
1: So if it's not fun and, and it isn't good fun, then they won't report not it. Not worth
0: reporting. Yeah. All right. You wanted this song uh, played, Marion? Yes, please. Big Pig and it's called uh, Breakaway. Fabulous song. Marion's request. Thank mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I saw them at the workers' club and I really was so impressed. That woman's voice is just the best voice, so pure, so clear. Anyway, they never really just, got the success. They probably deserve. No, they deserve Look, they were, I think that was released in 91. I'm not sure, but that's right. But their big peak Bonk album was anyway. And they really deserve better promotion and better recognition than they ever got. Anyway, we'll just remind you tomorrow, Wednesday the 30th November, the Ag- annual general meeting of Karma has been held at... Uh, the Federation Room at Havelock House, 85 North, Northbourne Avenue, Turner, from two, 12 till 2 pm. Um, and it's the third annual general meeting of Karma. Um, and we'll be electing um, office bearers at that meeting too. So we want you to come along.
0: And yeah, the Karma office will be closed all day as yep. a result of the AGM. That's and right. Also for half. Of Friday from 12pm yep. due to uh, team building uh, with the staff exercise and of course the next n- naloxone training December the 6th at the early morning centre if you want to get some information or put your name down uh, call six two five three three six four three 3643 and uh, put speak to Dave or Damo um, and there's also no. Is there
1: an answering machine Geoffrey if the um, office isn't staffed?
0: It's definitely a message, yeah. I'm not sure. So,
1: actually, it might be diverted off to someone else. Somebody will be staffing the phone. It'll be diverted off to their phone. So, if you ring at a time when nobody's
0: there, it may be diverted off onto their mobile, yeah? I'll double-check that arrangement and um, let people know. Uh, Yeah, so... um, that we won't be running a barbecue at Veterans uh, Veterans Park um, no. this Friday, and no Hep C testing this Friday. But it'll be back on on Monday. Mm. So that's the show. Hope you found some uh, things of interest. Um, we'll be back again next week, and we will leave you as per usual with Golden Brown. Yeah, and um, have thanks. a
1: good week. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the AGM tomorrow. I hope. Indeed. Bye. Look after yourselves. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye bye. <music>